honored. Uh, make a joyful noise. We're going to just talk about being thankful. Oh, and by the way, let us know. Uh, we're going to have Thanksgiving up here on the 24th. Uh, baked, fried, or smoked. Uh, I said, I, I, Bauer, I don't care. I just get it on my plate. They asked me how you like it. I said, on my plate. Uh, tell your neighbor to be there. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God and it is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture and enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Uh, bless his name for the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. Amen. And, and, and. All the time. For the Lord is good. All the time. Right, amen. Uh, his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. So I kind of told you about that. Turn me down a little bit, Jed. So I kind of told you, I, I know everybody thinks a lot of times when you come to church that these kind of things won't happen to me and my family. They, they're, all the blessings of God are available for anyone, any family who seeks him. You'll have to be diligent. You can't, you can't get knocked off your square every time something comes down to, oh, I'm in, I'm out. It, 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 this ain't like uh, jack in the box, jack out. You remember that? They probably, that would probably bore kids to death now, wouldn't it? Yeah. So they're, I'll tell the young kids. So back when we was babies, uh, you would crank a handle and a little doll would pop out of the box and kind of like scare you. And kids would go, well, where's the thrill in that? <laughs> little Richard, from there, you had to use your imagination like you were planning on it, like not coming out. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> You're looking, go, man, life must have been boring back then. <laughs> but it was wholesome, though. It was wholesome. Yeah, you had to use your imagination back then. We didn't have somebody thinking for us. Can I keep preaching today? All right. Uh, let's just be thankful for the Lord. We don't need to go any further. Lord, we're just thankful whether we're using toys from 60 years ago or now or whatever. We're thankful for warm houses and uh, heated seats and cushions and hot coffee. And, but most of all, out of everything in this Western world, we are thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, we never want to come off of that. So today we pray, uh, Father God, um, in your son Jesus' name, and ask the blessing or less, uh, the offering to be blessed. Uh, in thy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Celebrate thankful applause with the Lord. Let the basket come by. Go to John 6. Uh, so we'll talk about being thankful through these stories. Um, if you would change uh, your response in the morning, God's hand would be different in your life. When you get up, say it with me, be thankful. Be thankful. Just, and I, Lisa, you may not have anything at all to be thankful for, whatever. Dream something up. Let's start with like, I'm breathing. Just, I'm, I'm breathing, you know, and here's the deal. Paul, after you've been saved, God doesn't owe you anything at all. 
Make sure when you approach the throne room, you don't approach it as, God, you owe me something. God owes no, no man, no woman, anything at all. He gives because he loves you. And when you're grateful, he'll give it again. And we're not going to go into this Christmas with your kids. I'm not going to do it. Just tell them to be thankful, and Pastor Pat won't have to preach this message anymore. Amen? So when we get into feeding the 5,000, and you can turn me down a little bit more, Jed. Um, I want to go to John 6, but I want to... I want to start you out in John chapter 5 because this is how Jesus is headed up to this moment. Uh, he talks to a man uh, at the healing pool of Bethesda. Then after he's healed, he says, take up your bed and walk. Then when you go down to 14, uh, he said, see you are well, sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. So God never gives any of you or me a license to go out and sin at all, let alone sin more. And you don't sin because you're human. You sin because you like it. Say, ouch, and I'll keep going. You don't have to sin. You don't have to sin when you get out of bed. You make a conscious decision not to sin. Will you sin? Yeah. I was trying to figure out how to deliver that theologically. And being a parent, I just roll my eyes. Uh, you sin because you want to. That's, and let's go into feeding the 5,000. Here we go. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to give it away, so I'm going to read. So, here, so after this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd followed him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went down the mountain and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover the feast of the Jews was at hand and lifting up his eyes and then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy the bread so that these people may eat? And I don't know if I was a disciple of Jesus and he asked me something like that, I'd probably barely be able to swallow. Because what he's trying to do is trick Philip into thinking that Philip can come up with some kind of story or a, a certain amount of money where he's going to feed not only 5,000 men but their families. It could have been upwards of about 15,000 people. Amen? Amen? I'm going to read that again. He, he goes to Philip. And, and if you run a company, you may ask something silly like this to one of your employees just to catch, knock them off their square. He says, where are we to buy the bread so that these people may eat? And he said this to test him, for he self knew what he would do. So Jesus already knows what he's going to do ahead of time. He knows what you're going to do before you even do it. You know, he's kinda, he, he kind of reminds me of my mom. My mom would always, I don't know if moms still say this, she would say, I have eyes in the back of my head. I was like, man, that's strange and maybe even a little gross. But when I was little, my mom had bouffant hair. You know, I mean, so you never really knew what was in. I mean, it could be anything up in there. Say tall. 
Oh, you could barely get the scarf tied under my mom's chin. <laughs> and do you remember the pink bobby pins? She would always like carry one in her mouth. Jesus not only has eyes in the back of his head like your mom has, but he's got eyes everywhere. So, so here, here's what he says. So he's kind of testing one of the guys that work for him. Let's just say works for him. He said this to test him for he himself knew what he'd do. Philip answered, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough uh, uh, for each of them to get a little one or to get a little. He said, I don't have enough money out of everybody here, all the disciples. He said, we ain't got enough money. We ain't got enough money to buy enough bread for all these 15,000 people here. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to them, there is a boy. There is a boy. So, uh, I don't know. Let's, let's just read this. He said, there's a boy who has five barley loaves and two fish. This is when you run out of answers. You just go, man, I seen, a, I seen a kid walk by and he's got some fish and, and a couple of loaves of bread. Maybe we could feed the 15,000 with that. <laughs> but what are they for so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. So when Jesus is tired of listening to everybody else's stuff, he goes, you know what, Big Steve, just have them all sit down. I can see that none of you guys got the answer. You're coming up, you're, you're a little bankrupt now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number, and Jesus took the loaves. So he took the, the two loaves or the, or the fish, whatever it is here. And when he had, what did he say, class? And when he given thanks, say that with me, when he given thanks. This is what Jesus always did when he went to the Father. So he, he's telling his spiritual posture to you and I that when he goes into the presence of his Holy Father, he always gives thanks first. Because when you give thanks first, after what you pray for is going to come to fruition. Be thankful that you're allowed to be there. And whatever Jesus does, we need to do. So he, uh, have the people sit down, and now there was much grass. So the men sat down, about 5,000. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told the disciples to gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So he took, the, he took the five loaves, he took the two fish, he took whatever it is that he had, he gave thanks to the Father, and the Father multiplied them. Amen. So if you and I will take whatever we have, give it to the Lord, give thanks, then Terry, watch him multiply it. Amen. That was kind of a golf clap. So I'm going to give you some facts now. Say, please do. Please do. When I started out in the ministry... I, I did ministry with a lot of different people and, and uh, always tried to stay around good people in ministry that were productive, that, that bore fruit and things like that. I, uh, me and my wife started in ministry. We, we uh, hung around a lady named Mrs. Geeson. Mrs. Geeson. Uh, not just famous in St. Louis, but just famous everywhere. I, I'll go to say she probably has put on the biggest... Christmas dinner in the nation. And that's a mouthful. 
So we got into the ministry with her and we started out and we started believing and we were praying for people and this and that. And what she did is she would pick a day, you know, a couple days before Christmas and they would hand out toys and they would hand out food and all these kind of things. And, 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 and I used to go down to her prayer room and me and my wife would go down there and we'd be kind of, you know, we're getting ready for Christmas and we'd look around and we'd be, I know they're going to feed a lot of people. And I was like, where's all the food at? I thought like the food fairy dropped it from the sky. And she said, we don't have anything yet, but I'm thanking God that he's going to provide. You still with me? So through the years, her her ministry grew, and I think think the most they ever fed in one day was somewhere between 18 and 20,000 in one day. How do you get that kind of food? So I remember, you know, it was, it was this can and that can. And, and, and really what it was was a lot more than just cans and turkeys. It was believing that God was bigger than the vision that she had. So it grew and grew and all these people and thousands of people. And, and, and so many people were worried about who got what. But Mrs. Mrs. Geeson was never worried about who got what. She said, just do it. If there's some phonies in the bunch, God will deal with them. Come on, talk back to me. So, so watch this, uh, uh, Miss Chittenden. Sometimes we're so worried about the phonies in the church. God will handle the phonies in the church. Don't worry about the phonies. God's got their number. You just keep on, keep on, keeping on. And I remember that someone coming. Oh, I don't really know if they're homeless or they really need food. I'm like, who the heck are you, man? So the ministry, glory, the ministry grew so big. I remember one time we were out there with forklifts on. She had 23 tractor trailer loads of food that she didn't pay a nickel for. And you go, how does it start? By giving thanks. God will take whatever it is you got, whatever ID you got, whether it's this ministry, that ministry, whatever it is, and God will do something with it if you'll give it to him and be faithful through the ups and downs. It's easy to do ministry when everything's going your way. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I didn't think it was going to be like this. You know why? Because God couldn't reveal it to you or you wouldn't have signed up for being a Christian. I didn't know my kids were going to get sick. I didn't know we're going to have marital issues. I didn't know we're going to have financial issues. I didn't know we're going to have all this. Yeah, you didn't know it because your your brain can't handle it. Amen. Amen. Just be thankful for what he's given you already. Go with me into the book of John, chapter 11. So um, this one here is about uh, the story about Mary and Martha. And we all know Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Mary and Martha are the sisters, and Lazarus is this man uh, who died, and Jesus is going to go raise him from the dead. But in the process, there's all, we all have these in our family. We got, the, we got the Marys who are calm, and they're always at the feet of Jesus, and, they, and they, they're going to listen to Jesus. And then we have the, say it with me, then we have the Marthas. Oh, 
the Marthas. Mrs. Cope, they run around in circles and they get excited over everything and how are we going to do this and how are we going to get all the, how are we going to, and, and I think about that the first time I ever went to Vicky's dad's house for Thanksgiving. He go, who the heck is this guy? And, and not only am I not a sticker stander now, Remember COVID when it came, sticker stander is when they come and they put stickers on the floor. If, I'm going to tell you this just because it's applicable to this. And they get everybody, Terry, what they do is they get everybody coaxed in to standing on the stickers so they can condition you for the things ahead. Just, just stand, watch this. Just stand on the sticker. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm not standing on a sticker. Not a sticker standard, Debbie, not going to do it. So I'm not, a, I'm not a name tag person either. So when I met Vicky's dad and their family out there, I still had long ponytail about down here. Oh, it was a deal. Just a redneck, if you ever seen one. Remember, I told you my Walt was on a chain, but my dog wasn't. Rag in the gas cab, gun rack on the back. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> they. <laughs> she married me. I don't know what. <laughs> then they're going to take me to a place, Burger, where there's name tags at the table. <laughs> I'll keep moving on. We don't need to get into the details of that. Amen? Amen. But be thankful for what God's given. You have to chuckle in, in our lives. But you know what? And, and I tell my wife that all, I'm so thankful for my wife and my kids and all that. And I tell them that all the time. And I really am thankful. Uh, and, and I guess I'm just overly thankful because I know it could all be taken away. And I want you to know that I, I don't think it will be in your life, but it could be. So let's be thankful while we're here for, uh, for what God has given us. Amen? And uh, I, I'm just thankful for all you guys being here today. Hallelujah. Okay. Uh, so I'm telling you about Mary and Martha. So I'm going to tell you a few of the stories, and then we're going to put your finger on verse 38 because that's where I'll start. So uh, we always like to play the blame game. We're gonna, I'm going to blame everybody, Dr. D, for some, you know, just whatever. So Mary comes out, and, and, and she's got the right spiritual posture, and she meets Jesus standing up. And, but Martha goes and wags her finger, Jim, and says, If you'd have been there, my brother wouldn't have died. Say that with me. You'd have... Fred. You'd have been there, Frederick. You'd have been there. Paul Carlo, if you'd have been here. This is Martha. This is the way she actually feels. And the story's going to carry her nature through to where I'm going. Some people can't get out of their own way because they're not thankful regardless of what happens. And I could throw in a couple sayings from my mom, but I can't do it from the pulpit. She, she would... She would chastise us when she found out that we wasn't thankful or grateful. Go up to verse 38. I don't know if I'm making any sense anymore. but So he says, take me to your brother. Show me where he's at. 
And he kind of tells, he said, this, this thing isn't going to end in death. Verse 38, then Jesus deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was the cave and a stone laid against it. Now watch this. Now Jesus is finally going to go there and finally going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Now watch this. Jesus said, take away the stone. Oh boy, here we go. Martha. Martha. Finally gets him there. Now Martha, Bob, is going to be upset about the way Jesus is going to raise her brother from the dead. Tell Martha to get the heck out of here so I can keep going. Just get the heck. Martha's not happy about nothing. Oh, Elizabeth, I wanted the lead role in Santa Salvation. Amen. I don't like my role. How about your role is shut up and sit down? Just tell him to sit down. Take away the stone. So I'm going to tell the story. Here we go. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead for four days. Now, she don't want her brother raised from the dead anymore because she thinks he's going to stink too much. <laughs> he was raised with him. He smelled his hockey bag. <laughs> you ever sm- I told you about the gym. Boxing bags are the worst. They come into boxing, and they drop them things, Mikey. Tell them to do some laundry before they come. But you know what? We tell them to come anyways, even if they haven't laundered. Isn't it amazing that we're worried about somebody's odor, but you'll stop and pick up a wet dog and put him in your car? Oh, isn't he cute? No, he's not. Whatever you do, don't name him. Amen. Say true and I'll get off of it. I will hug a wet dog. Oh, don't bring him in here. Um, he's been dead for four days. Verse 40, Jesus said to her, did I not tell you if you believed you would see the glory of God? And that's what I'll tell the church today. If you would just believe today, you will see the glory of God. And I'm not just, this ain't preacher talk today. This is senior. I'm just telling you, if you will believe God will do something that you can't even imagine. So they took away the stone. Jesus lifted up his eyes. Now say this with me. One, two, three, go. Father. No, say it again. Father. Stop. Father, I thank you. Just, just, I mean, if when you don't know what to say, like in your prayer time and you go, I kind of drift off there. Just go like this. Uh, guy, just go, Father, I thank you. Just, I, I don't know what to say. Helen, just, Father, I thank you. I, I thank you. I don't know how I got here or what's going on. My, I'm just thankful that I'm here today and I can pray to you. Amen. And this church ought to say amen. amen. Just say thank you, Lisa. We're here. Thank you. Amen. I mean, let's be honest. Some of you here today shouldn't even be here. Rise up with me. I'm going to give you the last part of this. And then there's a few things in here. So we'll bring them uh, house lights down just to fuzz. Listen to this. Father, I thank you that you heard me and I knew that you always hear me. So if I'm going to be act like Jesus and be an ambassador for Christ, I need to say what Jesus says. Father, I thank you that you heard me and I knew that you always hear me. 
but I said this on account of the people standing around. So he said, he said, I'm not doing, he said, I don't, I'm not doing this because of any other reason than setting an example for his children. Father, I thank you. I want my kids and my grandkids, uh, my, even my dad who goes to my church. Mickey, I want him to see that I am thankful. If you're going, if you're going to put on a, a coat of righteousness, Debbie, then we got to live that out. So if you will start to be thankful the way Jesus is. He said, on account of these people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. And when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, say this with me, Lazarus, come out. One more time, Lazarus, come out. And you've heard this said before, but I'm going to say it again because it needs to be said. The reason I believe he distinctly said, Lazarus, come out, because if he just said, come out, everybody that was dead would have came out of their tomb. He said, not all y'all, just Lazarus, come out. Look at your neighbor and say, that's power. See, when you're Jesus, you got to be careful the way you wield that power around. You got to kind of. He said, Lazarus, come out. He told everybody that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. And when he prayed, he gave thanks to the Lord and Jesus uh, raised Lazarus from the dead. Don't miss this part. This could be the most important part. And that's why I call it dead things come alive from being thankful. Verse 44, the man who died came out. His hands and his feet were bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. So what's the moral of the story? What Jesus is telling these people standing by the grave and telling you and I today that if you're going to be alive, take off the grave clothes. Hold on for a second. Hold on. We're going to let it marinate real slow. So if you're going to say, I'm walking around. I'm a child of God. I'm an ambassador of God. I'm Holy Ghost filled. I shout about Jesus. Quit acting like you're dead when you get out there in the world. Take off those grave clothes and shout about Jesus and believe in miracles and trust that God is going to be faithful to you. Take off the grave clothes. Quit acting like you're poor. I wonder where Mrs. Geeson would have got to if all she concentrated on was that one can of beans or whatever, however it worked out. The, let's say the Rankins brought, here you go, Mrs. Geeson, here's one can of beans. How am I going to feed 20,000 people? She was thankful for one can of beans, and then somebody brought another, and then 23 tractor trailer loads. Right down the street. So I'm going to ask you a question here today. Have you been thankful? Close your eyes so you can't look around at anybody because it's going to get personal. Have you been thankful for what God has given you? Just whatever. Just You don't even have to move your head. Don't, don't air your stuff out. You could have walked in a mosque just like this and go, you know what, man? I ain't been really thankful lately. I've been kind of bowed up. And I was telling somebody this the other day. I said, I think these people ended up here because they went to bed angry. 
Big Steve, you go to bed angry. When you wake up, you'll be bitter. And then if you don't deal with it, bitterness will continue to grow and all you'll be is bitter. You go, oh man, I'm not, I'm not thankful about nothing and I'm going to get more and more bitter and I'm going to make everybody pay. I told you before, acting like that is like you drinking poison hoping somebody dies in the process. It's, it's toxic. I'm almost a little goofy by how much I tell people I'm thankful for them. And, and uh, I took these little postcards down. You may have had one sent in the mail. I preached this message about being thankful to about 40 cowboys Wednesday night in a little arena down in Republic, Missouri. And before that, I was in Chicago. You know that people are people, whether they're raised in the city or they're raised uh, in a rural town. People are just people. Don't pigeonhole them. And I told them the same thing I told you. I said, when you stick this on your refrigerator and you look at it, and it was basically 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 22, talking about praying and being thankful, it changes your whole life. And, and, And they were like, give me one of them. And then somebody sent me a picture and they said, the ones that were left over, they set it back out on Friday night for the rodeo on Friday night. So this spirit of thankfulness is not just at have Bible. It's all the way into Chicago and all the way down to Republic, Missouri. You can't stop what God's doing. Watch this. I'm too thankful. I'm too thankful for that to stop. So here's what I'm going to ask you. If you you were just maybe a little bit, let's get this thing settled before the holidays come. We don't need somebody else showing up to Thanksgiving dinner with with a bad attitude. Amen? Let's deal with that. Let's... Just, just tell God when you come down to the altar right now. Say, God, I want you to deal with my dang heart. It, it just, if God was to give it the sniff test, he, he may look at your heart. I don't know who it is and say, you know what, man, that thing reeks. You ain't thankful for what I've given you. Me and little Brocky was coming up to church this morning. We, it was like, I don't know, whatever it was, 6 o'clock in the morning. And the, and the, and the, uh, the whole windshield was covered with frost. And he said, man, it's really cold outside. Franny, you know what I did? I got in my automatic car and turned on my heater. And within minutes, I started to get warm and the, and the windshield uh, defrosted. You know, there's people in some parts of the world who don't not only have cars, but, but they're freezing to death. And maybe they don't even have a horse. Maybe they're walking. They ain't got, we got cars everywhere. I'm so thankful that I could leave my house when I was sitting by the fire from my heated house in my heated car to come to my heated church and drink hot coffee. How could I not be grateful for the Lord? And I'm saved. Do you know that you live in a house where you can go over to this thing called your sink? And you can get, J.D., you can either get cold water or you can get hot water. I just, hold on for a second. That's, what what a great thing. Just, just by turning the knobs. And then if I'm 
if I'm not warm enough, I can go over to my wall and on there, there's a thing burger called the thermostat. I just move it over and it starts to warm up my whole house. And if it's broke, I call somebody and say, hey, fix it. Look at your neighbor and say, I got it good. Don't come up in here. Don't come in this church and act like you got a bad deal. Oh, Jesus, help me. If I ever get up and, and feel like I've been neglected, you ain't been neglected, Jack. You're in the richest country in the world. Oh, it could be so much worse. Have any of you guys ever had a, a sick person in the hospital? Child, mom, dad? I'm going to pull this one out. I've sat on the, the chairs in the lobby. in Cardinal Glennon Hospital because that's where my daughter died. And there's mommies and daddies that walk in that hospital and, and they know their kids are never coming out, some of them. We bunked next to a lady before my daughter died and this lady lost everything. She had everything. She lost her house. She lost her job. She lived on the couch in the waiting room waiting for her son to get better. Well, praise God, he got better. She lost everything, but she got her son. So when you see the smiling face of your kids, maybe everything isn't just perfect or whatever, but at least you got them. At least you got them. You can be thankful for that. But I'll tell you what, if you ever want an attitude adjustment, you can go sit in a hospital lobby somewhere and see all them people coming in them hospitals. And you go like, man, I, I got it good, man. I'm, tell your neighbor you're healthy, so I'm healthy. So if that attitude needs to be adjusted today, what I'm asking you to do is just come down and I'm going to pray for you. And ask God to just go, man, I got, I got to get a heart of gratitude going again because, man, I've been, I've been pretty dang miserable to be around. Has anybody ever been miserable? Just see, I mean, just dang miserable. Ask God to adjust your attitude. I'm going to pray for you as you come down. Lord, I want to pray for those people who uh, need to get a, a, an attitude of gratitude. Lord, I, 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 wanna, I want them to, to get honest for their benefit. And, and ask you to adjust their attitude. They have an attitude just like you have, Lord God. You were you grateful. Just stretch your hand up and say, God, I want to be grateful. I so want to be grateful. I so want to be grateful. I want to be so thankful. Don't worry about what you're having for dinner on Thanksgiving, man. It's going to be more than what anybody else in the world's probably got. Don't turn your nose up at the gravy or the cranberry sauce. Just eat, watch this class, just eat it anyways. Who cares? Just, just tell them, just tell, tell God. Just tell them, say, you know what, man, I'm going to eat it anyways.
I'm just going to, I'm going to eat it anyway. So what? So what if you don't like it? Somebody made it. You ought to be grateful they made it and they invited you over. Am I preaching okay today? Just, just go, you know what? I'm going to eat it anyways, man. I don't even care what it is right now. After, after that message, I'm going to, I'm going to eat spinach. Then I'm going to pray for somebody who ain't born again. You know, all this message really don't mean a whole lot, Terry, unless you're saved. It just really doesn't. So you say, how do you get saved? How do you get born again? Well, you ask God to save you. Admit that you're a sinner. Last time I looked around, Lisa, you can look around and see the world's kind of a mess. We got that way because of a sinful nature. I want you to save me from my sin, God. Save me. Sin, sin is such a, is a, a strong, strong thing. It could be like a strong drug even. It's, it's, it's. He told the guy at the pool of Bethesda, he said, go and sin no more. Don't leave here and go sin no more. Right, Sherry? Go and sin no more. Be freed up from your sin. That's me, God. I need to be saved. I admit it. I know I'm a sinner. I want you to save my soul. I want to become born again. I want to live for you. And I pray through the power of your Holy Spirit, you'll show me the light. We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen.